Hello, this is Pastor Luke, and you are listening to the Living Hope Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Our mission is to grow disciples and multiply churches who will glorify God and transform communities. For more information about our church, please visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com. We invited everyone to participate in uh, 10 days of prayer and fasting, and there was a lot of freedom given to kind of structure this however you want it or kind of what that looked like. There was a suggestion like, you know, if you're not sure, you know, structure it this way. Uh, And for those of you that are involved in a small group, then there was space to talk about it and discuss it and how's it going and and that kind of thing. Um, But I also wanted to bring up a few people and just ask them to to kind of reflect on it. And so I gave them some some questions and to just kind of um, almost debrief as a group, like, how this went and, and what all happened and that kind of thing. So my thanks to, to these people who are, who are willing to share a little bit. Um, there's a mic for you guys, and there, oh, you got a mic too. That's fine. So uh, I'm going to just grab my questions here, and we're just going to kind of work through this here a little bit. And I'm going to stand off to the side. Over, well, I guess I could stand in the middle. This works well. Um, so we'll start off the left here, and, and then we'll work across. But just to get us started, give us some of the kind of the technical stuff, right? Like how long did you fast? What kind of fast did you do? Um, did you do five days or ten or fifteen or whatever? Like just give us kind of the, the kind of the fundamental structure of, of what you entered into in January. And so, Doc, we'll. Um, what I did is I did the ten day, five days, and then I took the weekend off, and then five days, and I did a. Um, just a liquid fast, so I would eat breakfast, um, and then I would just do liquids during the day until about five, and then I would eat supper. Okay. That sounds like about the same thing I did for two weeks, and Monday through Friday, I didn't have any lunch, and um, and and that's that was what I did. Okay. They've got a mic. Hopefully it works. Yeah. Um, I did a little something a little bit different this time. This is the second time I've done this. Um, so I decided to do a sugar fast, which sounds kind of silly, but for me it's kind of hard because I love sugar. And so I got a sweet tooth, and so I thought, well, this is something I can do uh, all the time, not just a few days a week. So I'm trying to do it from whenever I started, which don't even know when I started, sometime this month, uh, through the end of the month. So, and I, and I failed many times. This morning was one of them. Right, small group, we got treats. So. Uh, couldn't do it all the time, but I, it, it's, a, it's a process that I'm kind of going through. So, I did what the girls did. Okay. <laughs> Christine, let's start with you on this one. Um, to, to the extent that, that you feel comfortable sharing publicly or that it could be um, shared, what were you praying for? What were you praying into, fasting about? Uh, sometimes matters are just close to our heart, or sometimes they shouldn't be, you know, or maybe it's someone in the audience. I don't know. But, um, yeah. To the extent that you can share, what were you fasting or praying for? Um, I did a lot for my family, um, and I did for a church, and a lot of different verses and stuff, but one that resonated the most was Isaiah 43, uh, 18 through 21, and it talked about how God is going to do something new. He will make a pathway through the wilderness and create rivers in the dry wasteland, and he will, uh, so my chosen people can be refreshed. I think I've already shared this verse up here. 
and that they will summer, someday honor me before the whole world. So just pray, pray for refreshment in a lot of different areas and renewal um, so that God would be glorified. Okay, I, <clears throat> I would have to say that my it maybe didn't affect my prayer life so much because uh, I pray for certain things and certain people kind of all, all the time. But um, So when I'm fasting and that sugar fast, uh, kind of an ongoing thing, kind of reminded me uh, to, uh, well, first of all, just to be grateful and, and not, you know, it's like God tapping me on the shoulder saying, hey, I'm here. And so that, for me, that was, a, it just kind of, it kind of was more like a communion kind of thing or something, I guess I'd say, but uh, not, not so much in my exact prayer life. Well, for me, I kind of, it was a time that I could spend just more time in Bible reading and in prayer. I just kind of committed to maybe even several hours. I just spent time studying, and, and I, and I kind of wanted to spend time listening to God, too, because people talk about spending time listening, and I thought, okay, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to talk. I'm going to just, <laughs> I'm just going to meditate. And as I was meditating, you know, God brought somebody to mind and um and so as i was as i was thinking about um about this person i thought okay lord i'm going to call this person and so i did i called this person afterwards and and i had a positive re positive result from it and i was so happy it just it just gave me a lot of joy so that's that was my experience during my time of bible reading um, when I was kind of thinking about what Pastor Luke said and, you know, because he gave us kind of a week's uh, time to kind of prepare, and I was praying about it, and three words kind of came onto my heart, and that was wellness, wholeness, and holiness. And I was thank praying over myself for that and for my kids, um, my own family, extended family, and also our church family. And so those were kind of the three uh areas that I was kind of praying over. Was it hard? Was it easy? The, the prayer and the fasting? I mean, it's, um, it can be uncomfortable. I don't know. How, how was your experience? Um, I, yeah, I don't think it was really hard since I didn't do, I think it would be hard to do like a complete fast, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, so that wasn't as hard as um, now, the other thing I added to my time was I started the morning with communion by myself. I would find an app or find a um, video on my YouTube or something, and I would find something that would lead me through communion every morning of those five days, and that kind of helped me get focused in and made it, made it um, a little bit, um, I guess, more conscious uh, in what I was doing. Well, it wasn't really that hard for me. Uh, I would say the first week I ended up preparing for uh, dinner at about 4.30 already because <laughs> I, I, I was kind of getting a little hungry. And so I would, I would uh, we, we ate kind of early that first week. But I think the second week we, we ate more at a nor normal time. Yeah, I would, I would say probably the first week was the hardest uh, for me just to body getting used to doing this kind of stuff uh but um it gets easier as you as you do it i think mm -hmm. and uh, and i think it really needs to be a little bit hard you know that's part of the part of the deal so um 
So, yeah, but it, anybody can do it. I would not want to do Esther's fast three days total, no food, no water. Um, that to me would be a death sentence. But it wasn't, yeah, this one wasn't that hard. Um, but I did get hungry. I was, we ate at five. Me and Jada did at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, all, all of you, you know, pray and read your Bible at other times of the year. Uh, did you notice a difference in your prayer experience or in your Bible reading experience during the fast? Yes, I was much more aware of scripture, much more aware of um, God's spirit working, moving, uh, speaking, um, and I meditated on the word a lot more. I think, I think a fast maybe uh, kind of opens up a door for God to maybe for the Holy Spirit to maybe work work with you a little bit more, not that he can't when you're not fasting, but I think that period of time is, is uh, well, like a door opening. And so, yeah, I would say maybe I was a little more conscious of, of, uh, of God's presence and, and uh, just, yeah, maybe just a heightened, heightened uh, spirituality or something. I don't know. Well, I, I guess for me as well. I mean, I just took more time. I guess the fact that I just was, I, I took I took more time to read the scripture and meditate, and um, it was just a wonderful time. I, I did really enjoy it. I think what you said a little while ago about um, listening more, I found myself being more worshipful and listening for who God put on my heart. And, there were, and the same thing happened to me. He would put people on my heart that I would, uh, that I was supposed to pray for in my family or in our church family. And, you know, I texted one one person I was praying for that God put on my heart. Um, and again, it was that it was a prayer for for wellness, wholeness, and holiness. Was That, that just kept coming back to me. I know that we encourage this as a church, but ultimately what motivated you to do this? And... And uh, did it change anything that we were doing this as a church or as a large group? Well, I was going to say the fact that, that um, my husband and I both decided to do the same thing really helped. And mm -hmm. as a church, I think that was really great, too. I mean, that we knew we were doing it as a group, and um, we were going to talk about it in our small group in the morning and um, it just kind of encouraged me to do that and, and certainly the fact that I didn't have to fix anything for lunch was kind of nice, you know, I didn't, uh, it was kind of a, a nice break for me and, and uh, worked. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have done a fast had, the, had you not suggested it. So uh, it's not probably not something that comes natural for anybody, but, um, but yeah, I think the, the accountability thing, um, the fast, I think, is, is kind of a personal thing, too. It's not, not necessarily we're up here doing it publicly here, but it's a personal thing. So uh, you have to sort somewhat motivate yourself, I believe. And, uh, but I, would, I would, have, would not have done it had we not done it, what, a year ago or, or whenever. So. I, I was going to – I kind of thought about what to say on that. Um, I have done, like, a daily fast before where God is – in my morning prayer, God will just – like put a burden on me to the point where it's like I, I he 
kind of like, I feel like I need to fast for the day. So I've done that several times. I do a liquid fast. I don't go completely without, but so that, that I've done before. But I like the idea of doing something corporately with the church family. I think that is a good, good thing for us to do. And I especially like the idea of starting the year out with us all getting kind of on the same spiritual page. Uh, let's start again and through with you. Uh, did anything about this surprise you? If not, that's fine, but it's a fun question. Um, well, I, th I think I was a little surprised sometimes with um, the intensity of some of the things that, you know, God kind of put on my heart at different times. I know there was a time when I was in the prayer room here at church that I just got this overwhelming sense that I needed to pray for the, and that we as a church needed to pray for our children. I think it was the day that we didn't have school. And, and I, so I texted Joanne and said, I think we need to pray for our kids that are all home and make sure they're safe and all of that. And so I was kind of surprised at some of those things happening, I think. Um, if you were to give, Christine, we'll start with you. If you were to give a first-timer advice, what would it be? You can do it. <laughs> yeah, God can do it. He gives you strength, and it's, it's worth it. It's so worth it. Yeah, I think anybody can do it, too. Um, I, I would suggest, if you've never done it before, make, make it realistic. Don't do something you can't follow through with. And then... Uh, I know we're doing it publicly here, but I think it's a personal thing, and I think, um, you know, just like Christ did it, and we have record of that, but I think at the time, I bet Christ was all by himself. And um, so I would keep it between you, God, and the fence post, and just uh, keep it, you know, after you're all done, maybe you can talk about it, but I wouldn't talk a lot about it while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I guess I would just give an encouragement to, to do it, to, to just try it and, and, um, and, and try something that's, that's easy, that's simple, that you can actually complete. And, uh, and so my, my word is, my, my encouragement is just to, to try it. Yeah, and I think just making it part of a bigger picture of, of a desire to get closer to God um, then it doesn't seem so overwhelming that you're ch making that change for a day or a week or whatever. Just say, I want to seek him. And in doing that, this is one aspect of that. Last question. And that is just any final words or something you want to share that, that we haven't covered yet. So just kind of a, any final words? Uh, John, Jonathan shared uh, part of a scripture in Isaiah 58 last week or the week before. I thought it was really good. So if you guys ever want to go um, to Isaiah 58 and read that whole chapter about what a fast should look like. And um, it's uh, not to get what we want, but to let God do his thing and um, that we will be more and more like his people. Um, but I like this part. It says, feed the hungry, help those in trouble, 
Your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. For the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry, restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. And some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. And so I hope that is our church, that we will be rebuilding walls and restoring homes. And I want to do that in my life, too. And so if a fast can help do that, that's my prayer. I was actually also going to say, Carla mentioned in her opening about this being a time of feasting as well. And I just thought that was a really a great point. Mm-hmm. Look at it as a time of feasting with God. Thank you so much. Thanks for your willingness to share and be vulnerable and uh, talk about that. And I think it's encouraging for the rest of us as, as well, too. Um, and just good to, to check, check in, right, when you do a, a church-wide challenge like that to, to circle back and say how to go and what happened and that kind of thing. Uh, last week we had a sermon on salvation and you know we began by talking how we can do like a really good summary of salvation. We talked about kind of the you know the five fingers is just sort of prompts or reminders uh, you know kind of the, the different aspects of it but we also talked about how there's so much more going on behind the scenes really and oftentimes we do just kind of give a um, almost like a surface level summary of, of how it of how it all works and there's so much more that that could be said and um, so today I wanted to, to talk about this just a, a little bit more um, it is amazing I mean if, if you I mean just a quick research or Google search or, or that kind of thing right like th- there are literally dozens and, and dozens of verses that will talk about the before and after on salvation and life with Christ and that that change and that transition. And so despite the heaps and heaps of material out there and the dozens of verses that ideas that we could talk about, I'm going to give you three, uh, which may feel like an injustice to only cover three. But if I give you 50, you're not going to remember them. But three for three is, is memorable. Uh, so we're going we're to do that. Here's the first thing uh, for, for you to know on, on what happens with salvation. And your relationship with God the Father changes in just in profound, um, amazing ways. But for today to highlight, Romans 5.10, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Your sin and my sin made us an enemy of God. Like that's, that's really in many ways how we come into this world and kind of our, our default status before we are saved. And there are multiple verses that talk about this that will reference us as an enemy of God because of our sin and that separation. And really when you think about it, so Jesus commanded us to love our enemies, but the reason that Jesus could give us that command is because he had already done it. Right? Like he had already gone down that path and loved his enemies, i.e. us. And so it's, um, and, and this is so important for, for us to, to, to not forget and to remember, right? Because in understanding how bad our condition was, it really helps us understand the magnitude of his grace. 
right? Because if we thought, ah, I was a pretty good person, and then Jesus saved me, well, then the grace really isn't that remarkable, because you weren't that bad to begin with, and it really wasn't that big of a deal to save you from your sin, right? But if you understand, like, like our status as enemies, then his love becomes extraordinary, right? And so to really understand kind of the fullness of of what that means to be lost or separated in our sin, and then to be saved by that. When, and when we experience that moment of salvation, how our relationship with the Father goes from enemy to child and, and adopted and, and family. It's also amazing to me how many verses use family or the family imagery or metaphor to help us understand and grasp our new relationship with, with God the Father, um, to go in our relationship to go from enemy to cherished, loved, adopted, member of the family, full rights, full status, nothing withheld. There was a, an amazing story that was, um, it, it was on the news and, and then also social media as well too. Um, a police officer came home and for whatever reason, walked into the wrong house or apartment, like got confused and literally entered into someone else's residence, thought that person was, was in their home, and then shot and killed that person, right? Horrible story. And so that police officer is, you know, they're getting tried and they're in the courts. And there was this amazing moment, though, where they were doing um, testimony, like victim testimony, where the victims are supposed to get up and talk about how badly their life will be impacted by the loss of this person. The brother of the man who was shot got up on the witness stand and started to say, I actually don't want anything bad for you. I forgive you. And then asked the judge if he could hug this lady. Powerful moment. I mean, in that, that young man put on display the gospel in in ways that few ever will, right? And so just this, this incredible moment. And, but now take that moment and add on adoption. Like add on that entire extended family saying, we want you to be part of the family. And it, I mean, it is full rights, full acceptance, full inheritance, full status as family member. And, and, and then we... we we, and sometimes we have to use our imagination, but then we start to get a little bit closer in understanding our, our shift and our transition from enemy of God to full-fledged family member status, right? Galatians 4, to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Ephesians 1, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. First Peter, blessed be the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his mercy, who has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. John 1, but to all who received him, who believe in his name, he gave rights to become children of God. And that's a powerful statement in and of itself. But if you remember that our starting point was enemy of God, it, it's just, it, it's really kind of beyond what the human mind can can get around second thing when you are saved 
First thing is, is the amazing way in which your relationship with God the Father changes. But secondly, how your relationship with Jesus changes. And again, there is a lot here that, that we could unpack. But, but for today, um, just wanted to remind us of you know, that idea that Jesus is Lord. And the thing is that Jesus is Lord whether you recognize it or not. And Jesus is Lord whether or not the world recognizes it or not. And like his status is not affected by our recognition of his status. And there is a day coming where every tongue will confess and every knee will bow that, you know, Jesus Christ is Lord. But the thing, though, is that with salvation, we start living like it now. Like that's not just something that we eventually give into, you know, later on at the judgment. Like we start living like that, that here on earth. And there's so much great stuff in scripture on Jesus's love for us and care for us and, and, and acceptance and, and all those other kinds of things. Um, it is, and, and I think we, you know, cultures and, and uh, eras kind of, you know, t- the pendulum can kind of swing back and forth on different stuff. Um, I think our generation or this, this current generation has really had a lot of struggles around just identity and who I am and maybe even mental health. And so we do see a lot in, in kind of church culture around God loves us and pursues us and gives us a new identity. And all of that is absolutely true. But at the same time, to just keep in mind that Jesus is Lord. And that means that he gets to call the shots. And that it is not fun or funny to, to approach the Lord with some kind of flippant, sassy, kind of disrespectful, maybe yes, maybe no attitude. Jesus is Lord. No Lord is the impossible sentence. No Lord is the impossible sentence. Because if you're saying no, he's not Lord. And if he's Lord, you don't get to say no. No Lord is the, the impossible sentence. Um, and even like today when we were singing, right? Uh, uh, set me apart for you, Lord, my master, ready to do your will, right? That's Jesus as Lord, you know, terminology. Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. First Peter, again, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Uh, Revelation. Uh, They will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings. 1 Corinthians, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom um, are all things and through whom we exist. So that's the second one. The third one, perhaps you saw this coming, your relationship with the Holy Spirit changes. Uh, Ephesians 4.30, we do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom we were sealed for the day of redemption. At that moment of salvation, you actually become a, a new creation. And the Holy Spirit lives within you. And that is a remarkable thing and, and affects us in so many ways, right? Because not only has God changed us and God begins the, the, that process of changing us, which will be completed when when we enter into glory right but that holy spirit within us and the holy spirit you know designed to express himself through our lives 
And so that's why we have scriptures that talk about spiritual gifts, right? Manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And, and why we see, you know, scripture talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our life, like love and joy and peace and patience and, and all this other kind of stuff. Salvation is not just a heaven thing. Salvation is not just a, a retirement thing, like some kind of really clever uh, after-death retirement plan. Salvation is a life thing. Um, salvation is how we do life on earth. And just the incredible litany of verses about our relationship with the Holy Spirit, saying that the Holy Spirit is at work changing us from the inside out. Romans 8, um, if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? 2 Timothy, the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. 1 Corinthians 3, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells within you? There is no singular event on earth which will impact your life um, the way that, that salvation does. And not just the eternal, but the rest of your life on earth. We, and, and like, we didn't even get in, into all of it, right? I mean, th- this, this changes how you interact with the world. This changes, you know, how you have a new family. Even your relationship with Satan changes, right? And so j- there's so many different ways in, in which we are changed. Sometimes, um, maybe rightfully so, but, but sometimes evangelicals will get a little bit of flack for so much focus on salvation, right? And, and maybe not enough emphasis on peace or, or justice or immediate needs. And all of those things are very, very important. And all of those things need to be addressed. However, when a singular item, when a singular event so thoroughly addresses both root cause and power for true and lasting change, like, that really seems to be the place where you're going to want to start the story. Where if you want change and you want transformation and you want things to be different, you begin at that thing which addresses root cause and infuses with, with that power for all future change. Even though we are the ones that benefit so much from salvation, ultimately it's not about us. Right? It's about the one who made all of this possible. And he is the one that we want to give all the credit to and all the glory to and all the praise to. It is him that we worship and it's him that we adore. Amen. I'm going to pray and then you guys are dismissed for the morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of salvation. Lord, we, I mean, we can't even wrap our minds around it on all the ways that it works and all the changes that happens. And so it, we admit that, Lord, in many ways, it's almost hard to, to be grateful to the extent that we should be grateful just because we acknowledge that we struggle so hard to, to fully grasp what happened. But, Lord, we do acknowledge that it did happen. And, Lord, we do acknowledge that it is beyond our understanding. And, Lord... We acknowledge that, that this was a gift and, and that it comes out of your character and, and not our righteousness. And Lord, I pray that for all of us, that moment of salvation would drastically impact our life here on earth. 
We are so thankful for what comes afterwards, but Lord, for our life here on earth, may we be a people who live this out um, every day in word and in deed and in how we deal with others. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. You're dismissed. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you were enriched and encouraged. If you have any questions about Christ or church or would like more information, visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com or email me directly at luke at livinghopehenderson.com. We hope you have a fantastic week. Take care and God bless.